Hey everyone, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Should I Call a Therapist? I'm Jane Margaret. Today I was thinking that we should move on to the lighter side and talk a little bit about Granny. My Granny was so much fun. Um, She's been gone, I think she's been gone now about 18 years, and she was a blast. She wasn't that grandmotherly kind of grandmother, but every time we went to visit, which was once a week, uh, you always got a Coke. And as a child, I was extremely addicted to Coca-Cola. I used to walk around saying, I'm a Coca-holic. So precocious. But anyway, we got Coke at Granny's house. That was really exciting. And we went every Sunday. My dad would put us in the car and we'd go over there and sit on the couch. No, there wasn't really anything to do. We just sat on the couch. They visited. We listened. And then we went home, drank our Coke and went home. So it was always fun to see her. And so when she was married, when my grandfather was alive, it was Granny and Pop. And um, my dad called his dad Pop. And so then when my brother was old enough to speak, that's what he called him. And it, with our family, it just stuck. Every, I think, I think all the grandkids except my aunt, Puddin, her daughters, they were my age and a little bit younger, and they would call, I think they called her Granny, but then they called him Papa. Papa! We used to always make fun of that because we thought it was so silly that they were so light. We were all tough in the streets. Pop! And they were Papa! Anyway, back to Granny. Granny was hilarious. And in her later years, she became, I mean, she was always a wild lady, but in her later years, she really got to be wild. And I think it was after my grandfather died, she was a widow, and she was just about town. She loved going out to dinner, and she loved her martini. Sometimes she would have a gimlet, which I finally found out what that is, vodka. Well, they have a Jen Gimlet, and I think they have a vodka, but it's it's essentially a martini, except that it's with ice. So it's still the same components of a martini with ice, over ice. So anyway, sometimes, she, maybe in the summer she liked that, I don't know. But she liked a martini. She couldn't have more than two. And that was also the thing. It was almost like a gremlin. It was fun to have her out, and she could do anything she wanted, except not more than two martinis. If she started to order the third, someone either needed to intervene, intercept, um, yeah, take one for the team, because she wasn't going to take that standing down or, you know, sitting down. So she wasn't, she was not amused when you called her out on anything. She was so much fun. And she loved going out to Mexican food. She had her restaurant downtown called um, Pico de Gallo. And she would, the, the, her car, <laughs> after my grandfather died, my dad helped her get a car. She wanted a big, giant, safe car to, you know, roll around in. And so, and she drove all the way, almost all the way to the end. She lived to be 94, and I believe she stopped driving at 92. Um, but she had really good eyesight. Um, she had new shoulders, new knees, and so she had good mobility. 
and um, so she was a pretty good driver. But um, my dad took her to the Cadillac dealership, and she didn't get a brand new Cadillac, but she got just barely used. What, like a dim? I think they called that a demonstrator car back then. Anyway, it was it was maybe six months old or three months old, and had eight thousand miles or less on it. So you get a little bit of a deal, and um, you don't have to pay exactly full price like you would with a brand new car off the lot. But it's almost like driving a brand new car. And so she had this. It was a Cadillac. I know it was called a Concours. Maybe DeVille. Savannah DeVille. I don't, I don't know what model that was. But that giant long hearse. I know every time I tell you all about a car, it's longer than the last. But it's true. These people loved a long car. And they loved a statement. <laughs> Entering the wedding, entering the funeral, entering wherever they were going in real style. So hers was black. It had tan interior. She did not have tinted windows, so you could see her coming and going. And she sat real short in the car. She was barely in there. She, she Remember in um, Secret Life of Pets when the grandmother's driving the, the um, cats? I don't remember where they were going, but she was, get in the car. Maybe she was going to get them food or something, but they got in the car, and she's driving with those big old glasses. That's what my grandmother looked like. Granny looked like driving her Cadillac. So fun. So anyway, she loved Pico de Gallo, and she'd pull in, and she'd barely get the hood into the um, parking lot, and they had her spot saved for her. Move the cones, get Granny in her spot, and Granny had her table. And you never knew how many of us she was going to bring. Sometimes it was just she and Aunt Puddin. Sometimes it was, you know, it was just whoever was in town. And we would come and go from college and visit Granny. Couldn't wait to see her. And she would take us all out to dinner. And we would have so much fun. Those waiters would see her coming. Oh, Granny. Granny's here, everyone. Granny's here. And they'd get her table ready. They'd have her drink, like, ready to go. She got the martini, even at Mexican food. And they would get her all set up with her chips. And, I mean, she didn't really eat. She was she was a pretty little lady. But she would uh, have that. Like, everyone knew the drill. So, you sit down at the table, um, put your menu down. Don't read your menu right away, please. Put your menu down. We're going to have a cocktail. So we or do a whole round of ordering. And even if you're having a Coke, even if you're having iced tea, but I mean, everyone drank, but even, you know, if you're not a drinker, my dad stopped drinking, so he was not a drinker. And so then uh, she would go we would all visit and it was just cocktail time so that would be the first round then when you ordered when she would order the second round that's when you knew it was safe to pick up your menu and you could start reviewing the menu you kind of knew what you were getting we all got enchiladas usually but um you kind of knew what you were getting we go to the same restaurant every single time so you review and then you make your selection, put your menu back down, they go around the table, take your order, and the food came out, you know, Mexican food, San Antonio, Texas. The food comes out so fast. So anyway, we would we would have that this would be our night and it went the same every single time. Unless 
there were one too many drinks. If there were one too many drinks, then you could count on a fight or uh, a disturbance of some sort. And I never got in on it. I'm, I'm, I was too young for the family. I mean, with my pa- with my sister and brother being older than me, and my dad is the third of four. My aunt is four of four. So my dad had two older brothers. I don't know the age difference between all of those boys, but it was not, they weren't back to back. They were spread out. So then my uncle's kids were my Aunt Puddin's age. And like the oldest brother, he had children that were my Aunt Puddin's age. And then the next one was Uncle Charles. He had, so Uncle Al had uh, seven kids. Then Uncle Charles had five kids. And his youngest is a year older than me. So we were kind of close in age, but um, he still had an older family. His Those kids were pretty far apart. So, I mean, today they have kids that are 15 years older than me. Um, maybe even more, I'm not sure. So, anyway. Um, that being said, when there was family drama or if there were f- arguments or fights, I didn't really notice because... It was so loud and always just so much fun that you couldn't really worry about the drama or get in on any of that. So when we'd get home, my parents would talk about it, or I'm sure everybody's parents, you know, each family would probably go home and talk about the what transpired at the table. But while we were there, it was just fun. And Granny would have the, um, the uh, mariachis, They would come over, and they always knew to speak. My dad, they always go to the man at the table. And so if my dad was there, one of my uncles, um, they would come to him. And those guys would always say no. But then Granny, yes, yes, yes. And she had her song. She loved this song that had dueling trumpets. So a duel. And not a duo, although there were two. But it was called Dueling Trumpets. And they would get, I mean, it would be in a restaurant and where people are dining. And they would get on opposite corners of the room. Meaning like the, the, the catty corners of the room. Very far apart. And then they would do this trumpet song. And I don't know it today, but it was a trumpet song. And it would be very faint in the background over here. And then the other one would answer. And then respond. And answer. Respond. Respond. She loved that. Oh my gosh. She absolutely loved it. Then she'd give him a tip. And it was fun. And all I remember is one time she was leaving there. And she had had too much. And fighting ensued. And she's leaving. And the uh, waiter. You know, one of the bus boys or one of the waiters oh granny granny you drunk granny you drunk i'm so sad shut up shut up (laughs) so if you ever see me out and it's a wild night you'll know where i get it i come by it naturally (laughs) it's in our genes (laughs) we were born to entertain we were born to party and not in an obnoxious way she did not like obnoxious people at all but in a Make sure you speak up. Make sure you enunciate. Make sure you uh, uh, contact or or pay attention to your elders and engage them in conversation. 
and ask questions and you know all the things that you learn about being social i learned from being around granny so much fun and, and we would have the best time i can think of so many stories right now to tell you um another one she so along the same around the same time frame she would um really like to get out and try the latest thing and she had her usual haunts but she also liked to try new stuff and so downtown on the river walk and street level it was two stories the hard rock cafe opened and so she hears about it reads about it in the paper whatever it is and so she wants to go down there so she always would take aunt puddin as the first test run and puddin let's go i want to go see what this hard rock's all about so you know she's heard that seen the stories on the news she's seen all the celebrities coming and so she wants to get in on this and she was always very very well dressed there was a store in downtown san antonio forever and ever um it was even open when i was growing up but it was really predominant in the 60s and 70s called frost brothers and so that was a local store um, the Frost family owned that store, and they had beautiful clothes. And um, there was also another, there was a Texas chain, almost like Macy's or Foley's, but a little bit nicer, called Joskies. That was also a Texas family that owned that department store. And so she would shop at Joskies or at Frost Brothers. And um, then later in life, she went to Julian Gold, which is another local store, and um, beautiful clothes. She had real, real pretty clothes, and she always looked very put together. I don't think I've told you this, that my dad is a hairdresser, and he does the shampoo and set, and then the, um, the I don't know what they call that. It was the rollers that would be set for an entire week. The old ladies, you know, and they tease up the hair and then they'd set it in, it'd almost be, be like a permanent, maybe like a perm that he would give them and then set them with their setting solution and their rollers and they'd set them to the hot dryer that, that it was a seat and then the dryer came on over your head and would sit over your head and you'd sit there 20, 30, 40 minutes, I don't know how long they sat there, but he had a salon and these women would come and he his clientele um from the 60s 70s 80s were all um real very connected women and all the older women so this he he got one client and this one woman um mrs goldsberry and then she told her friends and then mrs dewar came and now these are all grandmothers of people i know from school that i grew up with but um, he did all their hair and I guess, I guess they were, um, tight with their pennies. You know, they didn't want to waste money on the highfalutin salon. They went to my dad. He never charged enough ever. He was not one of those hairdressers that was, you know, flashy or glitzy. He was a practical person who never wanted to overcharge. I remember the conversations inside our house when he would need to be raising the rates. Maybe he's going to raise a haircut to $25. Oh, he would just wring his hands, just devastated about having to make those phone calls. And then the ladies would call our house to set their appointment, and I would answer the phone. I mean, they would call our actual house, our landline. And I would answer the phone, and, oh, Dad, it's Mrs. Goldsberry. And you just knew her voice immediately. She always said, Mary? 
she always thought it was my mom answering the phone. No, it's Jane. Oh, well, darling, is your daddy home? And then we'd call my dad to the phone, and he'd get out his book, and he'd set his appointments, and then they'd go about their business every day. So, really fun. But so, my grandmother, Granny's hair, always looked amazing. She came, I think she came every single set. I don't know what day of the week she came, but she came in every single week, and he did her hair. And that means that they get washed, and maybe a little cut whenever they needed a trim, and then set the hair for the whole week. And I bet she came even on Thursday or Friday, ready for her weekend. So, but she just like, always had on her lipstick and her makeup, and um, she was very pretty, and just had a, a glamour about her like no other. She she's so much fun. So not only was she fun, but also she could carry herself. She had jewelry. And, um, I mean, I grew up in Texas, so what I'm about to say is controversial today, but back then it wasn't. She had a fur coat, and she had a mink, and I actually have it today in my closet. It's so beautiful. But um, she had bought that in the 60s, maybe even the 70s, at Frost Brothers. It was so special. And um, today, I, I understand that now they're banned and outlawed however i do have my grandmother's and you don't want me to throw it away do you no we've got to keep it's already made into a jacket so you might as well wear it so i have worn it um only to places i feel super safe because i don't want anything to happen to it it's very special to me that it's my grandmother's and her names her initials are embroidered inside into the lining and I just think it's very special. And every time I go to a thrift store, I actually go over to the jacket section, and I always look at the furs because they're they're all so beautiful. I just I think, and I mean that we didn't know better back then, and it was, it was a different time. And I have grace for accepting the different time. I understand today today I would not act like an animal, but so I I know where to draw the line today. But I like looking at the ones from back then, and I think about giving it a second life. I, some, a friend of mine was going to a real fancy party outside, and um, she is an animal activist. And so before I said this, I told her, please understand, I know who I'm speaking to when I say this, but if you wanted to go to a thrift store and find a beautiful fur coat, you could. And it'd be like a hundred, maybe a hundred dollars, hundred and seventy-five dollars. I think I've seen them even for seventy-five dollars. But why not give it another life? I mean, it's already there. It's sitting there. You do not want that going to a landfill. Let's keep repurposing things. So anyway, probably getting canceled on episode four now because of what I'm saying. But I, I mean it with a real nice heart. And and like I said, I even said it to an animal activist friend. She said that she could not do that she she could not wear an animal on her back but she understood what I was saying and she did see the point of the second life and if it's already out there anyway why not keep using it instead of having it go into the trash I mean that just seems sinful anyway um with granny she went to the hard rock and she and Nate and they tried it out and they loved it they it was loud music and I mean she couldn't hear she could not hear at all. And she'd have her hearing aids, but still she could not hear. And so that music was so loud. So I don't know what she was doing, but she'd clap her hands and smile. 
and I'm sure they would split a hamburger and she'd get her drinks and I mean everyone always treated her so nice because it was so fun to see someone's you know I mean a lady in her 80s late 80s at the place just living it up I mean people love that even today they love it so um, she'd always get so much attention and she'd always learn the names of the servers and the bus boys because she wanted to be friends with everybody and she did not know a stranger so she wanted to make sure they knew her too she wanted to be recognized next time she came in I'm granny so she would make sure it was loud and proud but so we would go with her every now and then we'd go to the hard rock sometimes my dad thought it was a little silly and when my dad thinks something silly or when my dad has an opinion of anything if you've realized thus far through any of these episodes you you understand this common theme throughout all of our lives is if my dad has an opinion or whether good or bad he's gonna let you know it and if he has it then you need to have it and I mean today now I understand that that isn't how the world works and it's kinda sad to be that closed but now at 83 He's been living his life like that his whole life. I mean, he doesn't, he's not, I mean, there is something to the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So, um, anyway, he, he is who he is, but he did not have a whole lot of tolerance or patience for that hard rock. Since she's passed away, I took him there, or one of his neighbors told him that the best burger in downtown San Antonio was at the hard rock. And so he was forced to go try it, and he said it really was delicious. And I think he and my mother get, they live downtown on the Riverwalk, and so I think they go, I, I have a feeling, I don't know if they still do, but there was a time where they were making a habit of getting takeout, bringing burgers home from Hard Rock. So maybe at the pandemic ruined that, I'm not positive, but I know there, there was a time where they were still ordering from there. But Granny would go, and... We'd all join her if, if we were given the green light from my dad. And then um, here rolls into town. Sylvester Stallone, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Demi Moore, and um, uh, Bruce Willis. I was like, there was one married couple. It was Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. They were married. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Sylvester Stallone. And they come in half a block from the Hard Rock. And they open this little outfit called Planet Hollywood. And that weekend when they opened, they I mean, the, the papers were going wild the whole time during construction. Here's what's coming to that corner. Here's what's taking place. These are the famous celebrities that own it. They're going to make frequent visits into town to check on their restaurant. You're going to be able to see famous celebrities in San Antonio, Texas. Buckle your seatbelt, people. We're about to become Hollywood. Well, planet Hollywood. So, <laughs> so Granny decides, Puddin, we better go check this out. We better get over here. Let's go see what this planet is. So they go. And my dad, I'm in college, so I'm off at school. And my dad, when we're talking on the phone, my parents tell me that Granny has been frequenting the planet Hollywood and she's gone over there and she tried to get in on opening weekend and I mean I'm sure she's had some sightings with uh the one-ups she thought that the feet and the hands Demi Moore's feet were awfully small 
She couldn't get over that. She couldn't believe how gigantic the hands were in the hamper. I don't know if you know about Planet Hollywood, but they... I don't even know if they still exist anymore. The one in San Antonio does not still exist, although the cornerstone is still the hand pants and um, of those celebrities. And I think signatures. It might be signatures and handprints in the cement, but it's on the cornerstone of the building. They're, they're up, so then you can put your hands on them. You don't have to get down on the dirty sidewalk. So, um, And they are, I mean, that Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think even Sylvester Stallone, but for sure, Arnold Schwarzenegger's hands are so big giant we walk past that corner all the time when we visit because it's real close to the hotel where we frequently stay so anyway she's over at that planet and i'm now in town for um it was easter and all of us are in town my sister's there we're all back in san antonio for a great visit and granny um we heard you've been going to planet hollywood what how's it going she goes you know what you know what, Jane? That planet's all right, but Hard Rock's my favorite. <laughs> That's it. We got the biggest kick out of that. Like, what? I, I'm, the planet's all right. I thought, isn't that funny? She's calling it the planet. But the planet's all right, but Hard Rock's my favorite. So there she was. And then over next door to Hard Rock was, it's not Sing Sing. Oh, Howl at the Moon. In Denver, we have Sing Sing. Um, but Howl at the Moon, which I'm sure all of you are, for, are familiar with or you've heard of it ever before, but it was in the 90s, like the biggest craze, the dueling pianos. Here we are with the dueling again. I don't even know how to spell that. But anyway, I hope I'm saying it right. But the dueling pianos. And so two entertainers, usually guys, a lot of times, sometimes girls, they would get on um, each end of the piano had keys and then it'd be real long and they had a mirror that would look down into the crowd up above it's hard to explain but along the lengthwise of the piano and up above it so then they could look down and then you would throw your money up front onto the piano and give them a napkin with your request and it was always the same songs, Bye Bye American Pie, Brown Eyed Girl, um, that Sweet Caroline, you know, always the same sing-along type songs. But um, Granny would go in, so we would go, we, I think sometimes she would go to Pico de Gallo, sometimes she would go to Hard Rock, and then inevitably during the Howl at the Moon days, the evening would go to Howl at the Moon. And when we were in town, we never missed that. Sometimes we would miss dinner because my dad was real um, cognizant of not letting Granny pay for everybody all the time. He did not like that. He had no idea how long she was going to live. <laughs> this is the truth. He had no idea how long she was going to live. And if that old bat was going to live too long and outlive her money, we were going to be in trouble. So he didn't want her to... He wanted it to time out exactly right where she would have just enough to live till her last day and be comfortable and have a real fun time. And he, she didn't need to be feeding his kids and the neighborhood. So he was pretty um, strict with us about that. Unless she invites you, um, please do not show up wherever she is. And um, if she invites you, 
too many times in a row, you need to be busy sometimes. So we took his, we, we did, we're obedient. We did what he said. But um, then we'd end up, even if we didn't go to dinner with her, we'd end up at Howl at the Moon. Hey, Granny! And she loved it. And she would be there dancing. Not dancing, dancing. But, I mean, we'd get her, you know, set up on a bar stool. I'd bring all my friends with me, meet her downtown. Chris would be there. And I used to go, my sister says I was the first one to have selfies because I used to have this shtick so obnoxious it was obnoxious and yet it's still fun i have them today but i used to go around with this polaroid (laughs) and i mean if you know anything about me you know i've never had a nickel to my name so the fact that i would afford the polaroid film is outrageous i think it was 17 (laughs) dollars otherwise sometimes i wouldn't have a polaroid sometimes i would just have my camera i always had a camera with me and we did not have telephones we didn't have any of that but i would bring a camera with me and then get the pictures developed and we took so many pictures i have a box right here at this desk where i'm sitting full of the pictures that we took so much fun oh my gosh those nights and aunt pudding was a blast everybody was always in a good mood and we would just smile and laugh and sing and party it up. So much fun. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, Sunday morning, had to go to church. Don't forget about that. So, anyway, really, really fun times. My memories of Granny are sincerely fond. Um, she passed away in 2004, and she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and she did not want any treatment she was 94 she didn't want any treatment and so the doctor said well probably be three months 12 weeks something like that and it was 12 weeks to the day and um she had a fantastic life she really she knew how to live she knew how to like i said she was always smiling she was very happy she could make friends with no problems the thing at her funeral (laughs) so we had a catholic mass for her funeral she's very catholic her best friend as an adult was the monsignor at church and they would go everywhere together he was he was at every family event he was everywhere so he passed away he passed away i think pop died first then senior died and then granny died many years later but when we had her funeral, full mass, um, I we had the um, open casket because I mean real Catholic funeral. So open casket the first day, and in the evening where you say the rosary. So that might have been six o'clock. Now my dad had to have it at a um, at a real nice um, funeral home in San Antonio, Porter Loring. And they do a great job, but they had never seen the likes of us. I mean, when you come to a rosary, normally you're somber, you're paying your respects to the family, the family's broken up. This was practically a keg beer bash. I mean, it was a wild, so much talking, so loud, loud Germans. And my mother, who, you know, I mean, she's easily embarrassed, Oh my goodness, they're never going to let us back in here again. I cannot imagine how loud everyone is being. Please, everyone, we've got to stop talking. So on and on and on. So then um, 
The next day was a funeral in the morning. And I don't know what day of the week it was. It was a weekday. But um, let's just say that the mass was at 10 a.m. So we get to the church, and um, I, the family's going to walk in together. So we kind of were um, congregating in the back of the church then let everyone get seated and then we were going to walk in probably behind the cat or i bet the casket was already in i'm not i don't remember how that worked maybe we filed in and then the casket came behind with the pallbearers i bet that's how it went but anyway i remember walking into that church and there were the bus boys from pico de gallo there was a row of four young men and I mean, I'm almost going to start crying right now telling you this because they were so broken. I mean, audibly crying, very upset. And I mean, they had lost one of their favorite people. And it was just so, I don't know how they knew. I don't know if somebody called them to tell them that she had passed away. I don't know if they read it in the paper. I have no idea how they knew. But those young men got themselves to that church that day to pay their final respects to granny and it's so sweet and I, I i would love to have that kind of life as an older adult I, I hope to achieve that because she was a blast she was a beautiful lady and really knew how to hold herself and yet she was a wild maniac too <laughs> so much fun oh and by the way she did um budget her money exactly right and she did live her very last days all the way comfortably and (laughs) my dad and my sister she passes away at home she was home the entire time it was it was a wonderful experience um they had a woman named debbie that was her caretaker and she would be with her all day Aunt Puddin lived in the house with granny and so she would go to school um she was a school teacher so she would go to school and to work all day and debbie would be with granny all day and um Granny passed away in the home, just and very peacefully, so beautiful. And then my dad and my sister, my sister comes from Houston over to help my dad. They had already, my dad and my grandmother had already made all of the funeral arrangements. I mean, when you know that you're going to die within the next three months, then you put all of your ducks in a row. So they paid for her funeral. She got her clothing together that she wanted she specifically wanted uh, pink satin inside of her casket and she wanted to um, rest her head on a little pillow that she had picked out and so all of that was so sweet and so nice and it gave us such comfort to know that everything was exactly the way she wanted it and 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 she was a, a particular lady and so the fact that she was able to articulate exactly what she wanted communicate it and then um her children could carry out her wishes is so nice. So <laughs> she's at, my sister and my dad are at Porter Loring, which as I've already told you is a subdued, beautiful place. I mean, those, like I said, those people have not seen the likes of us coming in a million years. And hopefully they've never seen the likes since. But they uh, were sitting in the office and just they had to get the file back out and go back over the um, wishes and okay here's what we're gonna do here's the dress here's the pillow all of that and my dad has always made such a point of um, not 
liking when people will take a cell phone call while he's there. So if you're dining with him, you put your cell phone away. And he just thinks it's rude to take a telephone call when you're in the presence of someone else. If you're visiting with someone else, visit with them, not taking your cell phone. So he's always had a real strong opinion about that. His cell phone rings and my and he looks down and he turns to my sister and the um, mortician and he says, um, I have to take this. It's the stockbroker. So he excuses himself and my sister's like, what on earth is this about? He can take the phone call of the stockbroker, but he can't take anyone else's call. And if anyone called us, he would be so offended that we took the call. And so he leaves the room and he talks on the phone for five, ten minutes, however long. And he comes back and he turns to my sister and he says, right in front of the mortician, we're rich. (laughs) Granny still had $35,000 in her bank account. (laughs) So she had a ton of heirs. She had four children. And um, her oldest son had passed away at a really young age, but he had seven children. So my dad divided their share among the seven. Then my Uncle Charles got a share. Aunt Puddin got a share. My dad got a share. And And also they had to pay her final expenses and her final bills. I mean, her credit card was going to come in. She needed to pay her. He had to pay all of her restaurant bills for that month and all of that. So there were things to take care of. So um, I doubt it went as far as he thought it was going to go. But also his concept of money was so hilarious. And he, he was so excited. And I mean, to interrupt and take that money is so inappropriate. So embarrassing. Anyway, that's it. That's my granny. And may she rest in peace. We love her. And really miss her. I'm so sorry that my husband Bryce couldn't meet her. And uh, he would have gotten a kick out of her. She would have gotten a real kick out of him. And she would have loved his blue eyes. So anyway, love you, Granny. And I'm glad to chat with y'all. Thank you for listening. In In this episode, I don't know that we really needed a therapist. I feel like it was just nice to be able to share her with y'all. So fun. So anyway, um... But you be the judge. You be the judge. Should I call a therapist? I don't know. There's probably something to unpack in there. No telling. But um, anyway, thank you very much for being here today. Um, Please remember to subscribe and always hit five stars when you place a review. Scroll down to the bottom of wherever you're listening and place a five-star review. I really, really appreciate that. And I hope you have a fabulous remainder of your day. And we'll chat soon. Bye, guys.